What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is it is six o'clock in the morning or five something in the morning. I don't know, guys. It is super early uh, Tuesday night. I don't know. Um, you guys listened to episode 428. I went to bed super early, woke up super early, and, uh, I am ready. I am refreshed for this episode, um, of TVE. How the hell is everybody doing? I hope you are all doing well in between shows. I have a full-fledged packed TVE for you guys today. Um, I got my unacceptable. I'm going to try to read, uh, your guys' stuff because I did not do that last week. I uh, got some not too much stuff in sports. Just talk about Eli Manning send off um, at MetLife Stadium over the week, which looks like the last start that he'll ever have um, at home, which he won. Um, saw a movie. Want to talk about a movie I saw? Um, just a bunch of stuff. We got Christmas time coming. Um, talk about where I was over the weekend, all this, all the different stuff. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, wherever you find yourself on this fine, super, super early and cold. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess you'd say Wednesday morning now. I don't know. All I know is guys, I'm not traveling anymore. I haven't been traveling, uh, the past two or three days and I'm not going to lie. My body's confused. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My body is confused because it was, you know, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, then Boston. My body's just going like, all right, so what are you telling me? We don't have anything to do? Like my body's looking up at me going, oh, Paul, we're not going to an airport. Are you sure? We're not We're not getting on a bus or a train or a plane or driving to some parking lot and getting in a cab. And Are you sure? Are you sure you got nothing to do? And I'm telling my body, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can just, you know, let's hit the snooze button, buddy, because we are, we're off the clock. And um, so, like, my body, I'm taking naps like I've never taken before. I swear to God, and I told my wife, I go, something happens, like, when I'm done from a run. You know, it's late December when my body just knows, okay, I'm home. I see the fireplace. I see the fire. I'm with my kids. All of a sudden, my body is just like, all right, so can we go down for three hours or? Because, <laughs> listen, we don't have anything to do, you know. Um, but, no, I am still running around doing some spots in the city, local spots or whatever. Um, but I am home now, and I am thrilled about that. Um, Want to talk about this past weekend. I was in Boston with uh, my dear friend Sal Volcano. Uh, you guys know Sal from Impractical Jokers. He's also the only one of the Jokers that does um, stand-up comedy. And um, just fantastic, great guy, sweetheart of a guy, super funny. Stand-up is super, super strong. I give him so much credit. It takes a lot of balls to already have a fan base and be filling out arenas across the world and decide, no, 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 I'm going to do stand-up comedy and build that up on my own. And um, he was at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. He had a couple of uh, shows on Friday, had a show on Thursday, and he was bringing, like, special guests, comedians that were also headliners. That's the other thing. Like, he doesn't care who goes on in front of him. He's just like, I want to be with my friends. So he said, would you like to come out and do some time, whatever you want, you know, do whatever you want amount of time on Friday night to do two shows. I said, absolutely, buddy. I'm home. Uh, I can drive. I don't have to stay in Boston. It's about two hours and 45 minutes from my house with no traffic. So I went out there and also wanted to plug my shows because I will be headlining. And I mentioned this on the show before. I will be headlining the Wilbur Theater uh, for the first time ever um, June 27th, that is Saturday, June 27th. Um, I will let people know as soon as tickets go on sale, but I was going to be there with Sal. So I said, Hey, I'll open up for my buddy and I'll let people know. And I, I'm not going to lie. It was so much fun. So great. And I, I'm not going to lie too. I was scared. Um, because of the Impractical Joker fans. I didn't know if these were stand-up fans, Impractical Joker fans. I didn't know if I could be me. And I could, and Sal just goes, do you, man. Do whatever you do. But I'm going like, all right, are these... I mean, I don't want to see some 8-year-old kid with, a, you know, an Impractical Joker sign. You know, uh, so 
But no, they were phenomenal. I said what I wanted to say. I did any edgy joke I wanted to do. I got as real and as raw as I wanted to be and honest. And they just loved it. And they seemed excited that I was coming back. Hopefully some of those people come back. So uh, I, a lot of people reached out to me. So if you did see me open up for Sal, do some some time with my good friend, um, thank you so much. And I hope to see you June 27th in Boston. Come out if you are in that area, uh, New England, you know, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Boston, anywhere in Massachusetts you want to come out, come out and check me out June 27th. Um, but I had a really, really great time. Guys, um, on a sadder note, one thing that I wanted to do on this podcast um, was let people know about a couple of GoFundMes that are out there. Um, and, you know, some sad and unfortunate news. First of all, I want to, <clears throat> um, you know... The, the go there's a GoFundMe the 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 passing the the unbelievably early untimely passing of one of the sweetest guys I've known one of the silliest guys is uh, Chris Cotton Chris Cotton's a Philadelphia comedian who passed away um he passed away and it's just it's brutal so um there's a GoFundMe uh, for Chris Chris basically um was 32 years old super funny comic from Philadelphia did all the spots in the city in New York spent time in New York lived in New York would go back and forth um what makes us even sadder is he's got a baby coming in February um his wife is due I believe February 2nd or something like that for a baby he was super excited about becoming a father and um yeah, and he's, he's just gone far too soon, and it is truly, truly terrible. He was always silly. And one, one great memory that I have of Chris um, is, first of all, he lives in Philly, and he hated the Eagles, so I obviously loved that. Um, he was a big-time San Francisco 49ers fan. So I would be like, as a Giants fan, I'd go, oh, so the Eagles. And he'd be like, man, fuck the Eagles. I'm a... And he was just silly. He had this giggle. He had like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was one of those guys, you know. He was just a, a silly, nice guy. Um, but I did a podcast. Uh, Bill Burr and I talked on a podcast. Bill Burr and I were in Florida. I believe we were in Florida. And, oh, no, I'm sorry. We were in Louisiana. And we went to see LSU Alabama. LSU lost. Bill likes LSU. He was in a bad mood. I was in a bad mood because this Alabama fan was on a bus with us. And he was cool and tailgating during the day. And then at night he started mouthing off. And then I said something and we almost got into a fight. And I wanted to knock this kid out, but I didn't. And Bill was like, all right, you said your piece. Don't worry. And the guy was just a dick. So I was annoyed that Bill didn't let me really go harder at the guy, which in hindsight I actually should have. But anyway... So we're at a Sheraton hotel. Bill orders French fries. We're hungry. We're buzzed. We were drinking all day. And I go, can I get a fry? And Bill said no. And I go, why? And he said, you asked too quick from when they got here. You didn't even let them go down. Now I'm saying no. And he was half joking but half serious. But then I got mad. So I'm going, this is bullshit. You know what, man? You don't want to give me... And we got into it. And I was like, that's why we're... you know. And I just started talking shit. We got into it. So the podcast did well, of course, and people were um, talking about talking about it and going like, man, you should have got a fry. So anyway, I was opening for Bill in Philadelphia, and Chris Cotton, rest his soul, can't believe I have to say that, and Dave Temple, who's another comic from Philadelphia, they come out to see us. And they're like, hey, man, you think it'd be cool if we, you think it'd be cool if we came out um, to, you know, to... To see you, to see you guys, to hang, you know, like you don't have to have us in the green room, but you think we could hang out after? I go, yeah, yeah. So they come, Chris and Dave come to the thing, and we were hanging out uh, afterwards, and Chris actually said to Bill, he goes, man, I want to be honest with you, dude. He goes, you should have gave him a fry. I would have given him a fry. <laughs> he goes, I would have given him a fry. And they kind of got into it, but um, anyway, uh, Chris Cotton Super, super funny comedian, gone too soon. He has a GoFundMe page, okay? So you can go to, just go to GoFundMe, put in Chris Cotton. They're looking to raise $60,000. I think they're at 57000 already. So they're they're definitely well on their way, but um, definitely do that. 
Chris was a great guy. He's got a baby on the way. Any help would um, any help would really mean a lot. And uh, also, um, Angelo Lozada, who's a dear friend of mine. You guys might have known Angelo uh, when he, um, or seen Angelo when he hosted uh, for me at Gotham that um, Friday night in late September. Um, he, you know, was um, diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer and uh, he's fighting it. He needs obviously resources and money for treatment. And he has a GoFundMe as well, Angelo Lozada. That's L. O-Z-A-D-A, Angelo Lozada, super funny, New York legend, great guy, dear friend, so silly, the funniest TVE podcast I've ever done, and I'm going to post this when I find it, it's in the archives, but it's the funniest one, it was the one where we were talking about delusional sports fans, we were talking about what it takes for your team to get in the playoffs when they're kind of like on the cusp. You know, when it's kind of like, yo, and he was going, yo, my dude, my dude, real talk, real talk. I was falling out of my seat. He's going, listen, if the Lions lose and the Vikings lose and the Patriots lose, yo, the Giants are going to be a problem. And we were just crying. And it's still one of the funniest people told me that they hit, people hit me up saying how much they were crying. Um, but Angelo is... So silly, too. Any kind of silly joke I would do, he would just take the ball and run with it. Um, he's battling cancer right now, and uh, he needs help, too. So uh, you can go to Angelo Lozada, GoFundMe. There's a page out there to help with expenses with that. So I hate to start the show with stuff like that, but you know what? If any little bit to help, these guys are funny. These guys are great guys. I love these guys. So um, if you can, and anything that you can. You know, it does, you know, you don't, don't feel bad if all you could give is $10 or $5 or $20. Well, don't give $5. I mean, let's be honest here. You give $5. I mean, just fucking tell me you were thinking about it. I'll give you the $5. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, it's almost insulting. No, it's not insulting, but it is like the time that I actually, I almost asked a homeless woman if she had change of a 10 so I could give her a five, which would have been completely, um, insulting. Guys, here we go. I'm going to get into my unacceptables. Okay, my unacceptable, and then I will read yours. All right. As you guys know, my cat Stanley, by the way, for people that wanted updates, the hamster's gone. The hamster got out of his rolling ball. You know, he was in one of those plastic balls rolling around the house. My daughter runs upstairs to do something with her coloring book or whatever. Next thing you know, we see the ball, the cap is off, the hamster's gone, and now we're talking about four weeks. He's been gone a month. So the hamster either got out. All we're hoping, all we could hope at this point is, uh, I love how I'm talking like the sheriff or the mayor of a town after an abduction. All we could hope at this point is if anybody's seeing this, just know the family loves them and they would love to be returned safely. No, uh, <laughs> we're hoping that with the garage open or the door open, Patrick got out. And he fucking found shelter. He dug a hole under the ground. He's safe down there. He found an, an, another hamster colony. I mean, I'm trying to hope for the best. I mean, he's probably burnt to a crisp in the uh, heater somewhere or frozen stiff in the wall, if I'm being honest. But I, I don't know. We don't smell anything bad. We don't smell anything rotten. So we're hoping that he got out of the house because there was actually a time we heard him under the couch and there was a, the garage was open, the door was open, and we you know, were doing stuff outside. Maybe he got out. That's what we're hoping. As far as our cat Stanley, everybody, um, you know, Going back and forth with di diabetes and, and uh, here's my problem, okay? And I'm going to get upset here, okay? I'm going to get upset here and you don't even have to write in if this happened to you because I know it's happened to you because these people are fucking crooks, okay? There's no other word but crooks. These vets are crooks. Everything is overpriced. The shittiest, most sleazy, greaseball, lying, asshole mechanic that you've ever went to is not as bad as these fucking assholes in lab coats telling you shit about your cat or dog, charging you $500 for a fucking flu shot for a dog or whatever they do. They're all full of shit. They overprice things. It's ridiculous. Granted, they keep your animal alive. They'll help you, whatever. It's all bullshit, okay? It's all bullshit. And here's how I know. Because I went there 
I spent $800 on my dog being boarded there for five days, my cat being boarded there and given the insulin and all that was $800, okay? My cat Stanley is still was still fucked up. He was acting weird. He's going for water like you read about because of the diabetes. He's pissing all over the place. And uh, my wife's dri- it's driving my wife nuts, which ultimately, guess what? That drives me nuts. Yeah. You ever heard the term happy wife, happy life? That is the realest shit. Okay, now have a couple animals in the house where one's got a problem and pissing everywhere and your wife doesn't give a fuck if the cat's out of the house and you don't want the cat to be out of the house because you had it for 15 years. That's what I'm dealing with. But here's my unacceptable, everybody. And you tell me if I'm right. I know I'm right. The doctor is telling me how many units of insulin are you giving the cat? I said, well, we started with two, but he was still having issues with the water. So we went up to two and a half. Long story short, they work it all the way up to four. My cat's acting weird. My cat's all fucked. No, go up to four, Paul. Go up to four. So finally, he's still acting weird. He's like searching for water. He's all screwed up. I'm like, we can't go more than four units. This cat's going to go into shock, whatever. So my wife's going, listen, if he pees one more time, he's fucking out. I don't want that to happen. So I take him to the vet. I go, listen. They're like, we're going to do this glucose test. We're going to test them all day. Bring them here early in the morning. We'll keep them here all day. So my plan is, you know what? I don't give a fuck what it's going to cost me. You're going to keep them there for two days. And you're going to have the insulin. And you're an animal hospital. And you're going you're gonna to regulate this shit. You're going to find out where his levels are at, his blood sugar. You're going to tell me the right amount. You're going to tell me the food to give him. You're going to fix this shit. And then I'm going to get my cat back. Doctor calls me up. Another doctor. Okay, another doctor because the first doctor's on vacation. And she goes, yes, Paul, I think the cat, by the way, the cat is beautiful. He's a beautiful, yeah, I know, I know. It's a beautiful cat. I go, yeah, I know how how beautiful he is, okay? She goes, he's having too much insulin. You got to go down to two. His, His levels were shockingly low, very dangerous. It could kill him, okay? So... I go, fine, now we go to two. What else can I do? One guy tells me four, another one tells me two. My cat's levels are all over the place. He wants water. He's pissing everywhere. I go there. I look at the bill. To keep him there for four days or three days was $111. Not bad. His insulin, $100-something, but it lasts a couple of months. Not bad. With the tests and this and that, they go, okay, that'll be $770. I'm paying almost two thousand fucking dollars for this cat, okay, in two visits with one doctor telling me one thing, the head doctor telling me the wrong thing, and the other doctor telling me another thing. And I go, yeah, sometimes it's hard to regulate, but we'll figure it out. We'll be in touch. And I'm like, be in touch. Be in touch. I'm gonna have to take out another more. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to move. Okay, I'm gonna have to fucking hand in my Lexus and get a fucking Kia. If I keep coming to this animal hospital with these lying assholes doing this shit. So now it's like, and we found out one of the bills was wrong. They charged us like $100 extra on the first bill. I mean, guys, it's been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare. The cat seems like he's doing better. He's home. Has not pissed yet, thank God. So we're hoping. I'm hoping. But um, yeah, it's just been, that's unacceptable. $770 when to keep him there for three days was 100 and his insulin was 100 and I got whacked with all the tests that are wrong because you're telling me that. How are you whacking me with that? You told me four and then you told me two. And you're like, yeah, his levels are all over the place. We can't figure it out. But uh, yeah, yo, it's 800. Absolutely unacceptable. I'm tired of this vet shit. Okay, the cat's 15 years old. My wife is still giving me shit for signing a resuscitate if he dies in his sleep, which I, I will be honest, that's on me. <laughs> I actually thought about that, bursted out laughing by myself, and then me and my wife had a good laugh together. The fact that I signed a paper that said, yes, you can charge me 400 and if he goes into cardiac arrest or dies at night, I want you to bring him back to life is a little much. My wife literally goes, listen, you're not going to be my health proxy because you'll fucking keep me alive forever. Listen, when I love something, I love something. I told my wife, I said, listen, well, you know what? You're not going to be my health one. I can promise you that. All right, let's uh, let's go to your guys. 
Let's go to your guys' unacceptables and see what we have here. Okay, where are we on time? Just so I know. Oh, 20 minutes. We're perfect. This is perfect. We're cruising. We got some stuff to talk about. Here we go. Oh, we got uh, we got a few here. Okay, not many. Okay, so here we go. This one is from Clint says, Lizzo unacceptable. Hey, Paul, I'm sure you've seen the picture of Lizzo at the Lakers game by now. You might have even talked about it uh, in this episode. Personally, I think it's hilarious and not at all brave. This doesn't help the stigma against fat people. It's a weird thing to do, and if I was being honest, Lizzo usually looks like she ate the cake she just jumped out of. If you haven't talked about it, I'd like to hear what you think. Yeah, listen, I'll be honest with you. Lizzo annoys me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick, and you know what? When you're in show business, next thing you know, you say something, and then you can meet the person, and they're probably lovely. And I'm sure Lizzo's lovely. Okay, but this whole thing about being 300, 400 pounds and I'm going to have my belly out hanging over my fucking, you know, hanging over my belt line and I'm going to have my bare ass and my celluloid hanging out. It's disgusting and gross and nobody wants to see it and people are afraid to say that. Really. Okay, it has nothing to do with a woman, a man. It has nothing to do with... uh, race. It has nothing to do with your culture. It has nothing to do with anything. It has to do with being 400 fucking pounds. If you're 400 pounds and you have stretch marks and your ass is all fucked up, you know, clean it up. You know, throw a tarp on yourself, get a fucking fleeced hoodie. I don't know, but just cover yourself up and, you know, get on a plan. That's all I could say. Just get on a plan. Get on Weight Watchers, get on something, get an app, go walk or, or have them just shave a person off you with a chainsaw. I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to see it. This whole thing that it's brave. This whole thing that it's like, nah, this is my beauty. No, it's not. It's not beauty. It, what it is is it's obesity. It's obesity and it's really unhealthy for your organs and your heart. That's what it is. I am on fire today, people. I mean, I am on fire today. This is what you get when the kid is rested. Okay? And you deserve nothing less. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. All right. Sean, the Irishman. This one is from Sean. Hey, Paul, just wanted to comment about the movie The Irishman. Firstly, one word, outstanding. Loved every minute of this movie. Speaking of time, uh, I would have loved it even if it was eight and a half hours. Uh, When a story is uh, is condensed into traditional one and the half hours a lot... uh, of the good parts of the story have to be excluded. Okay, so let me read that sentence again. When a story is condensed into a traditional one and a half hours, a lot of good parts of the story have to be excluded. There you go. Sorry about that. Um, see that? See that? I tooted my own horn for being sharp, and then I read a sentence wrong. That's why you stay humble. That's why when you score a touchdown, you don't spin on your head. You hand the ball back to the official. There you go, baby. I'm back. I thoroughly enjoyed all performances. De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, Romano. Definitely in my top three movies of all time. I couldn't stop laughing for a lot of the movie with all the classic one-liners. There is a scene in the kitchen where the baby in the high chair does a scan from left to right. Uh or vice versa, and it's so perfect. It's easy to miss, but check it out if you watch it again. By the way, the night of the 27th release, I don't know um, if it was because of the movie, but Australian Netflix crashed and nearly uh, for nearly 24 hours. Enough said. Uh, take care, Mr. Verzi. Uh, blessings to your family. Sean from Australia. Sean, first of all, thank you so much from uh for listening from australia from down under brother i appreciate it and i actually uh australia and japan are on my list but i actually there's a festival in australia and i want to go out there and do stand up out there because i actually have a lot of people from australia come to my shows and tell me that oh they'd love you out here come out here i want to do that um thank you for the submission i will say this i saw i watched the irishman again the other day in the morning my kids, I was just up, I was awake, my kids got on the bus, went to school, 
And uh, I had watched like 45 minutes of the beginning the night before. And I was like, all right, let me watch the next whatever three hours. And I watched it and the dialogue is even better. The scenes are even better. And as great as Pesci was, and they're talking about Pesci for an award, and as great as they all were, I got to be honest with you. The more I watch it, the more Pacino as Hoffa is starting to steal the show for me. The, the the way that he spoke, the way that he was in denial, that he was getting out of control, the way that he was defiant, the way that him and uh, Tony Pro talking and about how Tony Pro was late and all that stuff and all these little things, I got to tell you, the way he was eating the ice cream, the way he looked at the TV when Kennedy was killed, all of these little things Pacino did, absolutely outstanding. I agree with you 100%, Sean, and... Um, Thank you so much for the submission. And again, thank you so much for uh, listening uh, in Australia and tell Australia Netflix to get their shit together. Here we go. This one is from Jerica. I hope I'm saying that right. Jerica, unacceptable. Um, Paul, let me start off by thanking you for coming to San Antonio this weekend. My husband and I were at the 7 o'clock show on Saturday. You killed. Uh, I'm a huge fan of stand-up comedy, and unfortunately, San Antonio is not a major hub for stand-up, but when my favorite uh, favorites roll through, you better believe I buy damn tickets, so thank you, you put on an incredible show, and we loved it, well, thank you so much, um, I really appreciate that, San Antonio is definitely one that I don't go to all the time, but I will definitely uh, go back, especially for, you know, for my fans, people that uh, want me to, so I appreciate it, thank you so much, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast, so my unacceptable is this, I was the effing idiot who was making her way out of the room while you were making uh, your way out also. I stopped to say love the podcast, and when you went to shake hands, I wanted to do a fist pump and blurted something uh, out about germs. What the hell, Paul? Germs? I always make a normal situation awkward. It's my curse. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I do remember um, a couple of people, and I think I think it was you because I remember somebody saying "love the podcast" um, on that show. Actually, so let me explain. I own a food business here in town, and twelve hours a day, I have gloves on and have to be constantly mindful of shaking hands, cross contamination, etc. It's just ingrained in my brain, and somehow my brain shut off. Uh, <laughs> that I was in a public situation and meeting one of my favorite comedians. Not only that, but I saw those animals at the show, knuckles deep in there, fried pickles and chili fries and things. <laughs> Subconsciously, I felt grossed out and upset that I couldn't give you latex gloves to protect you. Uh, I blew it, Paul. Lock me away <laughs> without Purell and force me to shake clammy hands. Well, Jerrica, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. No worries. Uh, all I, you know, it's funny is how people take situations and what happens in their mind. All I took from that was you were somebody who loved my podcast, and I don't even remember you doing the germs thing. Um, so, but the fact that you care enough to write in about it is awesome. And it means you're a real fan. So do me a favor. Here's what you could do for me to make it up to me. The next time I come to San Antonio, you tell people. You tell people and you tell people to tell people. And we get more people in there and we have a good time. And then you could shake my hand afterwards and you could give me a pair of latex gloves. How about that? All right. So um, anyway, there you go. Thank you so much uh, for the submission. And again, thank you for coming out to my shows in San Antonio. Here we go. Um, what is this? What is this? Next one. This is from Vincent. And Vincent says, balding update and unacceptable. Okay, here we go. I wrote in a few episodes ago about balding in my 20s. To give you a quick update, I decided to buzz it down and I'm super happy with the decision. I've gotten compliments and even landed a few dates. Now for the brief unacceptable. I went to Houston with a few friends on vacation. Uh, after a night of drinks, we decided to go to some New York-style deli and restaurant in the area. We asked the waitress for recommendations, and she said their linguine is amazing. It's even better than Olive Garden. <laughs> 
Uh, which if uh, we informed her that we were Italian and from New Jersey, so Olive Garden wasn't really in our wheelhouse. I understand Texas isn't known for their Italian food, and it's probably our fault for even going there, but no credible Italian eatery should use Olive Garden as its standard uh, setter. Uh, unacceptable. Yes. Well, here's the deal, Vincent. You guys went to Texas and took somebody's advice on linguine. Um, look, unless, I mean, listen, if it was a New York style deli type restaurant and they're from New York, I get it. But, um, as soon as that lady said, even, I love how she said, it's even better than Olive Garden, even better should have made me go, you know what? Can we just get some bread and waters and then look at each other and go, all right, guys, we're going to have an appetizer here and get the fuck out of here. Um, that is so funny. And, um, yeah, it, it was funny because when I was in Texas, I, I gave them all the credit in the world. I go, guys, New York pizza will blow your dick off. It just will. It's the best. I mean, New York pizza is what it is. I said, I will never try to compare our barbecue to your barbecue because that's just not fair. That's your that's your game. That's your, uh, like you said, your wheelhouse. That's your wheelhouse. Your wheelhouse in Texas is barbecue. Our wheelhouse in New York is Italian food and especially pizza. Um, you just can't compare the two. You just can't, you know what I mean? So um, it would be like if somebody looking like me was wearing cowboy boots saying that they had the best Tex-Mex. You'd be like, listen, buddy, take the boots off, put on your fucking feelers, and, and go start throwing dough in the air. That's It's just, what, it's just the way it should be. Um, thank you for the submission. All right, guys, let's see where, where, where we are here. All right, oh, my God, 30 minutes, and this show is just cruising by beautifully um thank you guys so much for the emissions uh, submissions if you guys have emissions jesus christ um if you guys have um any sub some submissions you want to send into tve please submit them to unacceptables for tve at gmail.com it can be about advice it can be about um you know, an unacceptable something you guys saw. It could be an update on something I, I talked about. It could be going at me with something, whatever you want. If you, you know, hated the Irishman, you want to talk about, let's talk about it. So there you go. That's unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. What else do we have, guys? Um, yeah, so it's the holiday season. All these movies are on. And I just had, speaking of the Irishman and Joe Pesci, um, there's, I was watching Home Alone 2, and isn't it hard? All I was thinking about was Pesci grabbing Macaulay Culkin and just killing him. Because, you know, he shot Spider in the foot in Goodfellas for making a, a, a sarcastic comment after the guy shot him. Or whatever. I mean, he killed Spider, I should say, after he made a sarcastic remark after he shot him. Um... And then I'm watching Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci in like this cartoonish movie. I was watching actually Home Alone 2, the one in the city, where like they really fucked him up. Like they took it to another level. And uh, and then Pesci gets him. And I'm just thinking of like Nicky Santoro in Casino. I'm thinking of, you know, uh, Pesci in uh, Goodfellas. And I'm just like, this is the funniest casting. That it's like this wholesome Christmas movie and Pesci's like, you know, acting like a cartoon character. And then I just pictured him actually taking him outside and being like, Marv, do him a fucking favor. And like popping his eye out of his head and I just started laughing and I don't know why I jotted that down. Um, Alright, uh, here, here's, I saw something that I wanted to just talk about real quick. So I'm going to talk about these two things, and I'm going to go into sports and movie, and I'm going to get you people out of here. This is TVE episode 248. Guys, uh, like I said, just want to let you guys know, too, for now, the, um, the, uh, the, the sports thing with the contract, I just can't. It's too much is going on right now, and I'm gonna, we're, we're focusing on um, this, and we're, we're going to do some stuff with the Verzi effect. We're going to do more stuff with the Verzi effect. We're going to do live podcasts. We're going we're gonna to work this up here. And uh, hopefully the thing with me and Jerry or whatever may be down the, down the line or whatever. But I just can't. It's, a, it's to the point where contract negotiations and a lot of things that are out of my control, I can't control. And I'm not doing things anymore that I can't control. Or I'm not going to take part in things that, you know, 
where I should normally be able to control them, I should say. I'm not doing it anymore. So, but um, there's something that I wanted to talk about on the show because I think it's, I've talked about things like this before, but um, I think you guys will get it. And I love when people come up to me at my shows and go, hey man, I think like that, or I really like that you said that. And I think that this could be one of those things. So let me find this here. But my good friend, Giannis Pappas, who is now going to be living up in my neighborhood. He's going to be a neighbor. Um, But Giannis posted something, and I just was like, I have to address this because it's perfect and it's something that I talk about. So some guy, uh, Thomas uh, Sewell, said the beauty... This was a tweet that he put out, and he said... The beauty of doing nothing is that you can do it perfectly. Only when you do something is it almost impossible to do it without mistakes. Therefore, people who are contributing nothing to society except their constant criticisms can feel both intellectually and morally superior. How amazing is that? I'm going to read it one more time. The beauty of doing nothing is that you can do it perfectly. Only when you do something is it almost impossible to do it without mistakes. Therefore, people who are contributing nothing to society except their constant criticisms can feel both intellectually and morally superior. That is fucking perfect. That is all these people who point their fingers and all these people who make excuses and all these people going, yeah, but this, or yeah, but it's controlled by this, and yeah, but these people are like this, and yeah, but this and that, and they're doing shit, and they're just pointing and judging people that are actually doing things. And I love that because anybody that you're around that's like that is the people that we were talking about on the show saying get them out of your life they're negative it's bullshit it's easy to do nothing and not make mistakes because then you act like you got your shit together and you're pointing the finger at somebody that's making a mistake but the reason why they're making a mistake is because they're taking a risk they're following their dream they're going after that job they wanted they're 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 putting themselves out there they're getting out of their comfort zone so of course you're going to make mistakes but those are the people that are living so that is is awesome and I thought that that was something that I should mention on the show I love that you know I'm really tired of people making excuses and I'm really tired of having people like you know not so much in my life because I got rid of it but like you see people say things and you see people just be cynical and it was kind of I'm not going to say the people that didn't like the Irishman but like that whole cynical thing of where it's like looking to judge something or looking to do you know and it's like I just I hate that I can't stand it you know, and, and, you know, um, I, I want to be sensitive saying this, but there's a lot of people that, um, that deal with people who have addictions and I have to, and, and I, we did in our family, I, I, I do, I think everybody does, or everybody knows somebody or everybody knows somebody that knows somebody that's just, you know, addicted or not doing the right thing or making excuses with it. And I got to tell you something, and I'm really not trying to be insensitive here. But I'm really getting tired of the selfishness of these people that are addicts and what they're doing to their family members and how fucking selfish it is, okay? You know, and then when you call these people out on their bullshit and, like, they're the victim, you know? I'm just, it's it's just getting to the point and what, it's so selfish. And then the people that love them, okay, the people that love you and they see you doing something. Whether you're, whether you're drinking all the time, whether you're doing drugs, whether you're just not getting your shit together and then you're lying and making excuses and then when you say something to them, they're like, oh, well, I'm just a piece of shit. Maybe I'll just, you know, I'll leave. Nobody cares about me. And they play the victim. And you, as somebody that loves them, is walking on eggshells because you feel like if you say something to them, they're going to feel so disappointed in themselves that they could either harm themselves or do something. And it's so fucking selfish and wrong. And I'm really getting tired of it, you know, and I, I see it all the time. I see it with, 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 with people I love. I see it with, you know, even, even like comedians or even people in show business when you're like, hey, man, you know, like you try to say something nice. Like, dude, imagine where you'd be if you didn't. And it, I don't mean like, of course, you're going to mind your business. But like I've known people who, who harmed their career. 
by just drinking and staying out and doing that. And when you say something like, hey, dude, man, if you just laid off, dude, you're brilliant. Oh, fuck you. And like, you know, and oh, yeah, I'm the piece of shit. And they like kind of play this like and it's like I'm done with it. I'm fucking done with it. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is that same thing of like that that tweet that I just read. The people that do nothing can point their fingers. It's the same thing with like these addicts or these people that are just so selfish and you say something to them and you're the asshole and they're the victim. Just get them out. Just fucking get them out. Be happy. There you go. That I said my piece. There we go. This is TVE 428, and I'm not going to lie to you people. I know when the episode is good. I know when the episode is fair. I know when the episode is ah, and I know when it's just flying high. And I'll be honest with you. We are at 37,000 feet cruising altitude right now, okay? 567 miles per hour, okay? Getting ready for our, uh, getting ready for our initial descent into the, uh, into the New York metropolitan area. Um, here we go. This is great. I'm doing this early. This will be done. If I nap, my wife can't yell at me. I have to go Christmas shopping today. Um, guys, Eli Manning, what can I say? The New York Giants have done something right. They, uh, they let Eli Manning start the last home game, uh, at MetLife Stadium for the Giants, or at least his last home game. And, uh, they beat up the uh, hapless Miami Dolphins, I believe, 36-20. to 20. But Eli got a standing ovation. He got to wave to the fans. He's a Hall of Famer, make no mistake about that. Seventh all-time in passing yards, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, um, tied for some of the most fourth-quarter comebacks in history. I believe he's tied with Joe Montana, fourth-quarter comebacks, road playoff uh, records, incredible. Um, make no mistake about it. Eli Manning is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's more clutch than his brother ever was in the playoffs, and that's just a fact. Um, me, somebody who's always loved Eli Manning, you know, listen, I know his resting face is is almost unacceptable. I know that his resting face is looks like a, a little kid who just got his ice cream taken away. I've said that his face will hurt his legacy. I've said his face will hurt his legacy in front of his teammate Sean O'Hara on Good Morning Football, and they laughed and agreed. It, listen, Eli Manning's resting face is the only thing that's bad in his career. It's just his face. There's nothing you could do. You ever see a guy's face? You don't like a guy's face. You know, um, that's what it is. But make no mistake, as far as his actions and his results on the football field, 16 seasons, two Super Bowls against the undefeated Patriots and then against another Patriots team, against Belichick and Brady in their prime, two Super Bowl MVPs, two of the biggest plays. I mean, I could go on. Congratulations, Eli Manning. Um, I, it was a pleasure watching you. Unfortunately, a lot of these stupid, fat, dopey New York football fans are going to have to not have you there for a long time to appreciate your longevity. Never hurt since 2004. Never missed a start. 200 and something starts. The only reason why you missed it is because that fat, stupid, slick, hairback dickhead with that shitty 1968 fucking mustache took you out of the game to save his job. It's a disgrace. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, Eli Manning, I'm a huge fan. I would love one day for Eli to get on my podcast, and maybe I'm going to make that happen. If Eli stays in the New York area somewhere down the line, I'm going to make that happen. I love Eli Manning. He's the best, and hopefully he knows He knows what he did. He knows what he did. Um, okay, guys, movie time, and then we'll do some plugs and get out of here. Okay, this has gone, this has been, this has been fantastic. It's been fantastic. Okay, don't take your animal to the vet. Do you understand me? If your animal is above 12 years old, you just make some calls, call friends, try to figure shit out, go to pet stores, ask them questions, and you do what you can to keep the cat alive. But if you want to keep money in your fucking bank account, you do not go to these animal hospitals and these vets because they will charge you $317 to put a Band-Aid on your cat's fucking paw. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was up the other night. I did Tom Papa's podcast. By the way, shout out to Tom Papa and Fortune Femster, They're the best. Had such a great time on their show. And at the end of the show, Tom said, did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And I said, I'm trying to see it tonight. I tried to watch it again the other night. I couldn't. Finally, 
two nights ago, and I'm sorry, last night, or I don't know what day it is, two days ago, because now it's early morning, I don't know, I saw it, and um, it was three hours, or two hours and 42 minutes, so almost three hour movie, um, and I, it was the weirdest movie for me, because here's why, time went by fast, I was thoroughly entertained, I loved the acting and captivated by the acting, but just didn't really love the movie or the story. So it was weird. It was like, I don't even know how to describe it. It would be like going out and being like, I hate this restaurant. The food's not great, but I'm kind of into like sticking this out. It was just the weirdest, like... I was told just give it time and it's going to take a little while to unfold. The ending is going to be worth it. The ending will be good and all this and that. But hearing that kind of let me know what the end happened with the end. Okay. I kind of had an idea of what was going to happen at the end. I kind of uh, saw it happening really because of the hippies and the Charles Manson thing and, and all that stuff. So what's the cat, what is it, what's the cat doing? I mean, what's the cat doing? I'm trying to land this plane, and and I got this cat doing shit over here. Um. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I loved I loved DiCaprio's performance. I loved Brad Pitt in the movie. Um, you know, I I definitely like how it was kind of like. Fiction and non-fiction in, in, in Tarantino's way. The one thing about Tarantino is his dialogue is always just... his. That's the one thing. I've, I've definitely criticized Quentin Tarantino's movies because I think some of them are really hit or miss. Some are fantastic and some are just a hard time. But um, the dialogue is incredible. His dialogue and his acting is incredible. So um, I liked the movie. I was entertained by the movie. Um... It, the time, the 2 hours and 42 minutes went by fast and I was captivated. Just didn't really love the story. Definitely took a little time to um, to unfold. So I would say that I did it perfectly because I waited for it to come on demand. I did not go to the theater. Um, I think I probably would have been disappointed in the theater. But I think the fact that I waited, I knew it was a long movie and I knew that it was drawn out. So I just took that time to be patient. And that's the thing, man. Like... I'm not one of these. I don't need to see a Marvel superhero movie where people are flying through buildings to feel entertained. I don't need to, you know, I don't. I really don't. I'm I'm good with now I'm good with a story. I don't the Irishman could have been 7 hours. I don't care. I mean, yeah, it would have been long, but the bottom line is when you're watching great acting and they're telling you a story, it's fine. So, I would say once upon a time in Hollywood, if you got the time and the patience, you're going to see great acting. You're going to see something interesting. I can't say that I was blown away or that I loved it. I just can't. I guess that's the perfect way to, to do the review of that movie. Um, but, you know, DiCaprio's an animal, man. DiCaprio's a fucking animal. My whole life, my Sicilian grandmother, rest her soul, kept telling me that me and Leonardo DiCaprio share the same birthday, November 11th. Um, but I thought he, I thought he crushed it. And uh, Brad Pitt's another one, man. Brad Pitt's just, Brad Pitt's just good. Brad Pitt is just really, really good at what he does. So um, there you go, guys. This has been. Uh, somebody should do spoofs on Christmas movies and have like the bad thing happen. Like somebody should have done like Home Alone two, like what really would have happened, and then just have Pesci, Pesci torture the kid. Um. All right, I think I got through everything. We talked about Boston. I told you, oh, the GoFundMe, rest rest in peace, Chris Cotton. Uh, Angelo Lozada's fighting cancer. Go to their GoFundMe. That's Chris Cotton and Angelo Lozada. That's L-O-Z-A-D-A. Um, yeah, man, we did it. We talked about it all. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been episode um, 428. As far as where I'm going to be, guys, I did have some dates in January uh, at Levity in, in New York and Baltimore, but those actually got moved until March. So the best thing to do right now would be to go to paulverzi.com and um, go to the tour 
and then you will see where I'm going to be. I'm obviously going to be in um, New York a bunch on December 28th, December 28th, Saturday. I'm doing two shows in Fairfield, Connecticut, um, same owner of New York Comedy Club in the city. He has a club right near my house, Fairfield, Connecticut, um, that is two shows on Saturday, early show and late show at the Fairfield Comedy Club. Go to the Fairfield Comedy Club website, fairfieldcomedyclub.com. Go to the website, one night only, guys, two shows, Saturday, um, December 28th. Okay, so not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, three days after Christmas, I will be in Fairfield, Connecticut. Um, come out to the shows. It's going to be great. I will be doing the Patrice O'Neill benefit January 27th, and there's going to be a lot of other dates um, coming in, you know, February and, you know, and then in March. Uh, actually, you could get tickets now. March 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, I will be at Levity Live Comedy Club in West Nyack, New York. I want to fill that place up, okay? It's right across the river in uh, Rockland County. That's West Nyack, Levity Live, um, March 5th through the 8th. And I will be at Magoobie's Joke House in Maryland, right outside of Boston. Go to magoobiesjokehouse.com and you could get tickets to that. I will be there March 26th, 27th, and 28th. Okay, so there you go. Those are some March dates, but more dates are coming in for January, February, and all that stuff. Just go to paulverzi.com, click on the tour button, and you will see all the stuff. Guys, this has been episode um, 428. Don't know what to name this one. You know, what, what, what to name this one? You know what I mean? I know we were... I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. You know. Maybe we'll do something with Eli's face, or maybe we'll do something. I, I don't know. But um, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy. I'm going to put a Patreon out this week, so there's going to be extra content Patreon out this week. Um, I will put that out, and uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, will I see you guys before? Will I talk to you? Yes, I will talk to you guys before uh, one more time before Christmas. Uh, take care.